0: in a time that is volatile. Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the heart-centered leadership podcast. And I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm back down under again. I'm finding so many heart-centered leaders 10,000 miles away from Canada and in beautiful Australia. This week, I'm honored to have met a woman by the name of Tony Lontis. She is a radio host, a podcast host, but let me tell you a little bit about her and her background. Toni is dedicated to helping women all over the world, but also the men who love them. She is a real change maker. She is dedicated to seeing how change can really help us when we're viewing and dealing with some of the tougher situations that life can prevent, can present to us, but she's not afraid to chat about them, speak about them. Tony loves spending her time with some great causes and hanging out with other fellow change makers. And this year has been a big one. She's got her own radio show. She's got articles, but she used to be a nurse. And she also worked as a nurse consultant and had her own company before she retired to pursue her dream of writing a book or three. She grew up in rural Australia. She spent 30 years working as a nurse in various roles from traditional clinical nursing to management. She also moved her way into her own consulting company where she provided safety and quality support to hospitals across the country. So, Tony, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, Deb, thank you so much. How I wish we could travel to Canada, but we can't, except over the airways.
0: Absolutely, and just such an honour to have you. We are uh, kindred spirits. Again, the the beauty of social media platforms and and connecting with other like-minded individuals and just really honored to talk to you today about your journey and, and really showcase you as a heart-centered leader. So thank you for sharing your time and your expertise.
1: Oh, Deb, it's actually my pleasure to talk to you. And, and yes, the glory of social media and being able to talk to wonderful people from all over the world is a, a real blessing, I think.
0: Absolutely, I agree. So, I have some uh, interesting questions to ask you. So, why don't we just dig right in? My first. Yay! Yay! Let's do it. My first uh, leadership (laughs) question is You know, when I think about nursing, and I have a lot of colleagues and friends that are nurses, there's a lot of transferable skills that come with clinical nursing, and, and you took it into a consulting role. So, my first question is What transferable skills did nurse Tony bring to become a heart-centered leader?
1: Well, you know, Deb, I think one of the first components of being a nurse is that caring nature and that wanting deeply, wanting to help people. And so I guess that's probably the first key area from my nursing background was that desire to help people and in nursing it was always to be their best healthy self and in and now it's about being their best person and living their best life and some of the other things that nursing teaches you um along the way are about uh hierarchy and uh And working in a team because nursing is very much team orientated. Um, It's about kicking goals for your patients, i.e. you want to get them healthy or you want to get them through a particular surgery. All of those skills transfer into business life really well and then as you start to step from um, base level nursing and up into the Um, higher levels where you're managing teams, um, managing portfolios and then managing units. So my key area of expertise was operating theatres. And so the way in which operating theatres are quick and it's often life or death, there's emergency surgery, those things all teach you to be calm in the face of a storm and I think that's probably where the base of my resilience skills and adaptability came I think those are key things for leaders and I also learnt early because of the amazing female leaders that taught me about leadership and about managing people and at the heart of managing teams and people is understanding what drives them, what empowers them, what inspires them and using those things to create cohesive teams. So yes, nursing does give you those skills because as you know, after 30, 35 years in nursing health um, and hospitals, those things are things, you take into the business world. And I'm very grateful that I learned those things whilst I was nursing.
0: Well, and and I knew there was going to be a multitude of skills. And it always amazes me when we really tap in to look at whole self and, and gain that awareness that those transferable skills can be used in so many other elements in our life, like you have so beautifully demonstrated as a heart centered leader. So, thanks, Deb. Oh, my pleasure. Now, let's switch gears because I have to ask the question, hence the name of the (laughs) podcast. Tell us what imperfections you feel have really contributed to your leadership journey and development.
1: Oh, gosh. What a great question, Deb. And yes, I continually struggle. To this day from time to time with that feeling of imperfection and as you probably know my self-development and working on myself started probably in earnest about 15 years ago and it was a very bad time a very traumatic time in my life and I Realized that I'd gotten to that very dark, broken place, and the only way out of that was up and about starting to look at the imperfections in your life. That's really hard to do, that's really tough work. Um, it, it, it's, it gets to the heart and soul of who you are and who you want to be. And it was a long journey for me, and working on those imperfections and i still have to work on them all the time but a lot of them were around the negative self-talk i'm not good enough i'm not worthy of love not knowing about self-care and in starting that journey of self-development, I started to learn that I am worthy and that if I show up as my imperfect self, that gives others permission to do the same. And let's face it, Deb, we're humans. We're not going to be perfect. And I learned very quickly that one of my core things that I had to work on was perfectionism. And I still work on it, but I'm a hell of a lot better than I used to be. And that's about accepting that life is not perfect, that you are not perfect and that's okay. We are here having a human experience on this earth and we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to say the wrong thing and that's okay. You learn the the, the key message for heart-centered leaders is to learn from those things and be grateful and generous in the learning and then help others do the same thing so embracing your imperfection and as you know Deb the work of Brene Brown in this area um, has been one of the keys to helping me understand that it's okay to be me that there's no one like Tony there's no one like Deb in this world and so only Deb can give Deb's message to the world only Tony can give Tony's message to the world and that by connecting with others and sharing our stories and talking about our imperfections helps us grow uh, into the heart-centered leaders that we want to be. So yes,
0: oh, absolutely, very
1: difficult journey, but one that I'm really glad to embrace. And I and I often uh, talk about the things that uh, make me imperfectly perfect, and I encourage others to do so and embrace you, because there's only one you in this world, and no one can replicate, copy, or be you. Yeah.
0: And, you know, just to highlight, knowing our imperfections, embracing progression, letting go of perfection, because it'll never be in our tangible reality and modeling that. correct Beautiful. I love it. Now, let me switch gears a little bit. And Uh I want to talk about trauma. Yes. I want to just do a little bit of a segue before I, I ask you my question around this. Trauma yes. is different for everyone. It's It can be an it event. Is. It can be an experience. It can be a culmination of the two things to have that yes. cause and effect. And when I when I say the word trauma, I really wanted to let the listeners know it can be panic attacks. It can be... Emotional Absolutely. overwhelm. It can be depression. It can be a global pandemic. There's no Correct. One, there's no one package for this. So my question is, how effective do you feel? And I'd love for you to answer this kind of globally as well as self-reflectively. Can a leader yes. can a leader be if he or she has experienced a trauma and not sought out support to heal themselves?
1: Great question, Deb. And I actually feel really strongly about this because of the leadership we see across the world today. And there are certain leaders that I immediately think of that have elements of childhood trauma or dysfunction evident in their lives and their leading countries and from my perspective i'm not sure you can lead at that level and do it to the best of your ability unless you've done some of that hard work and healing around trauma. Now, yes, there's plenty of leaders out there across the world and in all sorts of roles that have trauma, that lead, and that do it reasonably well. My point is that I think that to do it magnificently well and to be inspirational and empowering, you have to have done the hard yards you have to have lived some of that experience and worked on some of that experience and know the tracks that you've had to take to get there because that I actually believe that leaderships need to understand and embrace empathy. I think it's incredibly important that we start to see leaders embracing empathy. And I believe that you need to have done some of that hard work to get that empathy and i also need people also need to understand that even traumas no matter what it is if you view that event as traumatic in whatever way it has an impact on you and you might think that that impact is slight, whereas the reality is that it's affecting you in ways that you don't realise. You may, it may uh, manifest itself as an angry outburst and that angry outburst outmer- may be occasional. So you think that, well, I'm okay. But if you looked behind that angry outburst, for example, and saw, started to delve into what it was that made you respond in that way and dig down deep and find out what it was. And then you've got something to work on that process of working on that thing, recognizing that thing makes you a better leader. So I kind of believe that if you're a leader and there's trauma in your background and you haven't dealt with it, you're going to be a better leader if you dig in and figure it out.
0: Well, absolutely. And, and you answered my last question. Uh, I was going
1: oh,
0: no, I was, no. was going to ask you, what is the most important element, and you focused on empathy, and I love that. And I'm going to segue kind of for my last question here. Yes, explain the difference, because a lot of people get caught up in sympathy versus
1: empathy. Yes.
0: And you cannot yes. lead as a heart-centered leader with sympathy. So share oh, right. share the difference in that and why it's important to ensure that when you are leading as a heart-centered leader, that you totally understand the difference of the skill, the heart-centered trait that you're leading with, being empathy, not sympathy.
1: Well, I actually think that it's kind of simple, and I like to look at sympathy as stepping into that person's pain, whereas empathy is much more powerful. It's uh, looking from the outside in and intrinsically knowing what that person's going through, but managing to stay outside of that and lead and help inspire and empower from a different level. So yes, sympathy is important, but empathy is much more powerful because it, sympathy will draw you into a trauma or whatever that is going on in that, that person's life. So for instance, if we talk about COVID debt, there uh, you can either feel sympathy and and dwell in that place of um, the destruction this that this virus has wrecked across the world, or you can have empathy and help people do something about it. So when I say empathy, it's understanding that this person perhaps has lost their job lost their income maybe losing their house all because of this virus and it's about the empathy is understanding and knowing where they are and then offering to help them in some way or or direct them or lead them out of that point to something bigger and better does that sound like a uh, good explanation absolutely it's
0: beautiful and I'm I'm going to challenge the listeners and and have them go and do a little research to realize that even within empathy there's three different types of empathy that can be modeled and executed so we're going to leave them with that little tidbit I I want to throw in one more question here because I I think it absolutely I just it merits given our rich conversation When we talk about grief and the journey of starting the road to grief and and landing and accepting the bereavement, why do you think it takes individuals such a long time to get from grief to mourning?
1: Oh, great. Another great question, Deb. And uh, something that I had to learn and different elements of grief in my life have had different timelines so if i use a a simple example um our goats or our animals passing away there is an immediate intense grief because we love our animals and that quickly progresses to a grief state where you can think about the animal that's passed without floods of tears. And then it progresses to the next stage where you miss them and you love them, but you are accepting of the grief. And then there's other big griefs around life situations, for example. And um, for me, one of those situations involved, a huge amount of time, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, five years of being in a grief stricken space. And it actually took some professional help to lead me out of that grief state and actually give myself permission to grieve what was a tremendously horrible situation. And I didn't miss the life or the person. Um, involved in that situation but I needed to grieve around what could have been so that's a that's a, a deep level of grief that you associate with what could have been because it's been ripped out from underneath you the future that you thought you had is no longer and that was a bigger process for me and a longer stage so for An individual person, it's going to very much um, matter to them on what sort of grief it is and there's different sorts of grief, what the specific thing that you're grieving is and how you get out the other side. Again, I believe that it's really individual and sometimes it's an external person who takes you back and says, okay, you're still grieving um, we need to move you out of this space because it's. If you get stuck, and if you get stuck in grief, you get stuck in that dark, depressed, horrible state. And and it, as a human being, you need to process that and move forward. And the only way to do that is to either think deeply and journal, or get some professional help. And those things will move you out of that grief state and into the next next part of that process the importance of that is again you don't want to stay stuck somewhere that you can move is move readily out of and move on with your life because again grief keeps you stuck in a certain place where life doesn't look good it doesn't feel good and you want to move out of that because you want to be always moving towards your best life And being in grief and allowing yourself to grieve is incredibly important. And again, for some people, that will be a short amount of time. For other people, that will be a longer amount of time. But eventually, you have to move through, process that grief, and move out the other side to acceptance and getting on with life. And then the other part of that, Deb, is that, i believe that again humanity is connected by stories so talking about that is an incredibly powerful part of the healing process and the grieving process and for some people that's writing and journaling talking on a podcast etc whatever it is that will get you to that other side to acceptance and moving on with life does that answer your question deb
0: Oh, it's beautiful. i I love the way that you frame that. And I think the only thing I wanted to add is, like you said, it's it's different for everybody. what they choose to, you know, whatever meaningful activity that they want to engage in, again, it's personal, it's a choice, and yes. it has yes. to it has to be a journey on your own time. There's no time lineage to it. So really, really okay. well framed. Now I like to end the podcast with what I call my Fab Four. And I wanna ask yes. you, I wanna ask you four fun questions, just whatever's sitting on the top of your head. So my first, yep, my first question is I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a time capsule for twenty twenty to bury. Tell us what you're gonna put in it to <laughs> represent twenty twenty.
1: Oh, what another great question. Well, let's just put COVID-19 straight into that time capsule. Um, And the other thing for me is I would like to put in family dysfunction. So COVID-19, family dysfunction, and learning about boundaries so this year for me has been kind of painful learning about boundaries when to say yes when to say no and who to let into your life and so I want to be free of that and in 2021 know very clearly what my boundaries are and who to say yes and no to and to be over that uh, family dysfunction and the pain of it that has held me back. Those are the things that I'd like to put in a time capsule.
0: Well, and, and how fun would it be to bury it and dig it up in 10 years and, and look back? And what a representation that you've interpreted and, and would seal away for, for future for the future generation to find. So how fun now
1: we we were uh, talking th- th- sorry <laughs> i sh- i would also put fun things in there like you know the, the um uh, my grandson's four-year-old uh pictures of his his four-year-old birthday party and pictures of the goats that we've lost and um little bits like that as well to go with the other stuff that would all have to go in there as well <laughs>
0: Well, of course, you know, it's one of those questions where you think of it and start making a list and then more things just get added. Uh, so just a fun, correct, just a fun exercise. Now we talked about trauma. Yes. If I asked you to think of one word that would describe what lies on the opposite side of trauma when you get through it, what's that word?
1: Oh, Wow. What another great question. I'm thinking empowerment, Deb. I really think that once you get to the other side of trauma and you get to a place where you feel relatively healed and whole, you feel empowered. Like, yeah, I did that. Like, I'm out the other side. I'm starting to feel really good. So yes, empowerment would be my word. I love that.
0: That's, uh, and that's quite indicative of who you are as well. So that's fun. Okay. My third question is what inspires Tony?
1: Oh gosh, I am easily inspired. Um, that's just part of my creative visionary brain. And so for me, um, I can be inspired when I see my magnolia tree in full bloom on uh, bare branches at the end of winter. So, where at the end of winter, it's your summer. I can be inspired when I read a beautiful quote on social media. I can be inspired by the people that I meet. So, I feel inspired all the time because I talk to people. So Deb, you inspire me in what you do and how you do it. Um, Wonderful, famous people inspire me. Everyday people inspire me, particularly everyday people who have walked through trauma and are living on the other side of that people who are trying to get through trauma people who are in addiction and they're working really hard to get to the other side that's inspirational to me and so it's not always about the big inspiring things it's also about the little daily acts that inspire me um kids getting out there selling lemonade on the corner uh to make some pocket money. Uh the 17 year old CEO I recent recently interviewed who is still in high school managing a foundation across a hundred and four countries of the world at seventeen years old. There is so much inspiration out there, Deb, you just gotta look for it and you'll find it. Well I love that
0: I always say you know, opportunity and inspiration lie in the corners of each day. If you, if you're open to seeing.
1: Absolutely. That's beautiful. Definitely.
0: All right. My last question is what's in the future for Tony? What's on the bucket list and what do we still got left in our dreams?
1: Oh gosh. I've actually just been through a big vision process again, Deb. So I have uh, big, bright, powerful dreams. One of those is to have my own radio station filled with wonderful, inspirational, heart-centered people telling the world about the things that they do that can help them. So that's number one. Uh, Number two would be that continual drive to be the best version of myself that I can be. Um, Number three would be to travel again. And of course, um, getting back to Canada would definitely be on that list. And being able to do my transformational tours again Where we go to the Philippines and sponsor a feeding program, help with a building program, uh, and then come away and do some self care and learning. And so I guess those are the things that I'm hoping for in 2021 and continuing to do what I do. I love talking to people, finding their stories, telling their stories, and hoping that the world will get to meet as many of these amazing people as they can. And another book, probably. I love it. You're, you're a, you're
0: a source to be reckoned with and I think there's much more to come. So (laughs) thank you, my friend for sharing your time and and expertise and uh, wishing you all the best. And I look forward to our continued conversations.
1: Oh, Deb, I just, again, I feel so incredibly blessed that I get to talk to the most inspirational people all the time. And I'm so excited to have beautiful friends in Canada so that when we're ever able to travel again, we might be able to catch up in person. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Deb. It's a privilege to be able to talk to you today.
0: Well, it's been a lot of fun and I like to end the podcast with five things that I like to share that I think lead us to a purposeful life. Follow your heart, have passion, do your best, know your truth, and always be in love with the journey. This is Deb Crow. Thank you once again for joining me on Imperfect, the heart-centered leadership podcast.